welcome to the Pragmatic Live podcast series, where we tackle the biggest challenges facing today's product management and marketing professionals with some of the best minds in the industry. I am Rebecca Caligeris, Vice President of Marketing at Pragmatic Marketing, and today's guest is our very own Diane Pearson. So Diane Pearson is one of our one of my favorite instructors, don't tell the other ones. Uh, she's got more than 20 years of experience delivering product management and marketing results. And she's here today to talk to us about launch. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Diane. So first, simple question, right? What is launch? What is launch? You know, that's that's probably the, the biggest baseline question in this whole discussion. Um, Let's, let's start with this framework. Let's, let's define launch as a series of connected events designed to engage the market when delivering a release. So launch is the combination of a marketing campaign plus a, a product or service or, or bundle of code that we want the market to be aware that we have to offer them. And, and the purpose of launch is to create momentum. So launch versus just having this thing out there that people can find the difference is that launch is all about creating the momentum i mean we we get it from we get it from nasa it's it's all that fuel that goes behind getting the rocket into space so that it can begin to move on its own or leverage other forces to keep moving so you know it's it's one of those things that has a a definite time frame when you think about it that way it's it's an interesting concept that i think we we forget what the definition of launch is and so once we start to think about it that way you know what is launch if it's if it's the purpose is this initial force to create momentum and it's these connected events designed to engage the market when delivering a release then it's easier to start to think about well when when is launch over by that definition well, it's really interesting. It's an interesting analogy, right? Because often we think an event, right? Like there's a big date on the calendar. It's circled in a big, scary red circle. And, and it's <laughs> it's the date that right? we've been working for and dreaming about and having nightmares about for months. And like, like a NASA launch, right? You think of it as that date comes, everything launched, and we're done. But really, when you think about it with the momentum definition you gave, and it, it's just the beginning, right? That is not the end of launch. It's the beginning, but but you're just so relieved that you've made it through the circle date. <laughs> exactly. And the rest of the company's like, oh, we're done, no problem. And everyone at you know, in Houston is is still watching to make sure that our spaceship keeps going. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's and and I think that there are so many great rocket analogies. And I, you know, when I when I teach launch and and when the other instructors teach launch, I know we all have our our personal moment from from the various space programs that we've got. But the part that, that was really intriguing to me always was that, you know, it wasn't just launch control. There was launch control and mission control. And there was a handoff after the objectives were met. And everybody knew what those objectives were. And I, I think that's one of the, the things about product launch is that, like you said, we're just so relieved that that big red, red date is passed. And, or we're so stressed when we miss that date. And, you know, whatever, whichever one it is, even best case, though, you hit the big red circle date on the calendar. And everybody goes, oh, good. I'm so glad that's over. Now I can go do the other launch. <laughs> and, and a lot of times, yeah, there's this sort of this half-eaten cake laying there waiting for people to figure out what to do next. And, and I think that 
I think that's why launch, this question of when is launch over, why it's still out there and, and, and why it's so confusing. So how do we solve this? Well, you know, one of my theories is why are we confused first of all? I mean, like, you think about people asking the question, when is launch over? And this question comes up a lot. Um, so I asked myself when we decided to talk about this, why are we so confused about when launch is over? Um, my theory is that we aren't clear on how to deliver the momentum that's the purpose of product launch. So we all know that, okay, we've, you know, we've got to tell the market about this or, well, the release is done. We're launching it. We're not clear on how to deliver that momentum. We know instinctively that momentum is what's important about a launch, but we don't really understand how to deliver the momentum. So that's why we're confused about when launch is over, because it seems like on the one hand, in some organizations, launch is never over. They just keep pushing and pushing and pushing until everybody is exhausted, or it's just time to push the next new product and succeed or fail. Nobody really thinks about what the goals were and whether they were met. And it just keeps going until something else takes its place. Now, the other hand is a lot of companies, you know, launches over the day of release. Uh, the code is released, the product is launched, and everybody right. moves on you like everybody in a body just goes to do something else. And that's because there are no goals beyond getting the collateral ready, demoing the product to sales, they issue a press release, they they wipe their hands, call it good, and, and launch is done. To me, these are, you know, these are classic inside-out launch flaws. They're they're very internally focused. And so the thing that comes back over and over when you think about those those issues is there aren't any there aren't effective launch goals. And that's why we don't know when launch is over, because we don't set launch goals. Mm, yeah. No, and I think when you were saying that that the people think of their goals as the press releases or how many pieces of collateral we good, but you're not talking about those kind of goals, right? You're talking about much more um, aligned and strategic goals. Yeah, that's and that's exactly right. I, I like the fact that you use the word strategic, Rebecca, because this isn't about the checklist, you know, and, and you can get all these things done. You can get the demo to sales and you can get the, the website updated. You can get the tweets out. You can get the press release out. But those are just activities that should be driving a goal and a strategy. And, and that's the piece that, that's missing in this puzzle. And I, and I think it's the piece that, that causes the confusion about when launch is over. Because sure, we have revenue goals. I mean, it, we don't usually get a product approved to build if you don't have revenue goals. Um, but that can be a problem. And you know, it's certainly part of the problem. I'll get back to that in a minute. But I have seen a consistent challenge with organizations to set goals that are specifically tied to building the momentum needed to get the product moving from this baseline into business as usual. Business as usual for the buyer, for their awareness, for their ability to evaluate, um, for their ability to buy. Also the, in, the inside pieces, you know, are preparing sales to sell, to, to make sure they understand who the buyer is. How are we going to market on an ongoing way? What is customer service doing? And all of this is around building the momentum in the market, not just providing this suite of collateral and working toward a distant revenue goal. I, I think I have an example of this, actually. Um, this happened really early in my career. Um, I was a product director. And, you know, I'm, I'm assuming as we had our talk today that, we're not talking about flawed products. We're actually talking about products everybody knows the market wants. So, I mean, those are big assumptions, but but let's do that so that we can focus. I, I had this particular product, and 
the market had been begging for this thing. We knew they'd pay for it. They were offering to pay for it. They were offering to fund to build it. I mean, it was one of those miracle situations where it was just unquestioning. There was a need. They were willing to pay it. The sales team couldn't wait to get it. And the engineers built a beautiful solution. I mean, the whole thing was just coming together, and we were all super excited about this. So, of course, we set massive, aggressive revenue and profit goals for the first year, and it just blew up in our faces. It was, it was a terrible miss. And, you know, you're looking at the smoking rubble, <laughs> and you're just looking at this on the ground saying, what happened here? How did, how did this happen? Um, and it honestly was not until later, as I, as I had a few more launches under my belt, that I realized what had happened. Hmm. We had a revenue goal. We had a profit goal. For year one. But when we looked at this, we when we were validating that it was a need, we only talked to existing customers. And so we never built any awareness to the bigger part of the market that we wanted to enter. We were never going to meet that goal with a fraction of the existing customers. We had to go to the rest of the market. They didn't even know who we were. This was also a very new product. I mean, it, it met this need, but there wasn't anybody else out there doing it. And so it included some risks. And, you know, this was a market that was pretty risk averse. This was this was law firms. I mean, they're not exactly the most, you know, cutting edge kind of technical guys and gals. They, they wanted references. We hadn't built getting references into this process at all. And we had a trial program for the product, but we weren't, we weren't measuring its success. We weren't doing it systematically. We launched it at the same time we launched the product. So all of this time, when, when even though we, we knew these things about our market, we didn't set launch goals. We didn't set momentum goals. How are we going to make the rest of the market aware? And what was the metric of success there? Um, what was the awareness goal? We didn't have one. We didn't have a goal to get a certain number of references. We didn't have a certain number of customers in the new business versus existing business. It, the whole thing was just, hey, we've got to meet this revenue goal. And so we just splashed it out there and, and nobody really knew how to attack each of those goals. And, and we just didn't think that they were important beyond, yeah, we got to get some references, but we've also got to get sales and we've also got to, we've also got to do this, that, and the other. We didn't focus and, and we didn't focus on the way that our market was going to buy. And, and that was one of the huge reasons why this was a mess. So how would you do that whole situation over, knowing what you know now? Well, what I would have done differently and, and what I did do differently later was, first of all, make sure the organization understands the difference between launch success and product success. They're, they're intertwined. They're, they're, they're part of the same fabric, but they're different things. And so what do we have to do to make sure that the momentum is built? Well, the momentum was going to be built by making sure the market was aware. So we, had to, we should have been measuring awareness because a lot of the market didn't even know we had a product like this. You know, it was hard enough to get existing customers, much less people who, who didn't know us that well anyway. Then we should have gotten references. So, you know, you, you walk this the way the market's going to walk it. They've got to be aware before they can try. They've got to try before they can give references. So don't just set revenue and profit goals. Those are those are product goals. Those are legitimate goals, but they're not launch goals. They're not, those aren't creating momentum. You've got to have the leading indicators is awareness building. Are we getting trials? Are we getting from those trials? Are we, are we selling, not necessarily profitably right there, but are we selling into those organizations and are they giving references? Those are all those leading indicators that are going to push, that the, they, they measure momentum versus um, measuring the, the 
the lagging indicator of the actual success. So that's what you would do different. Yeah, I would, I would do those things different and make sure that everybody in the organization knows those goals, knows why we're doing those, you know, know why, knows why we have those goals and what the metric, the amount and the time frame are. So not just we need references, but we need five references in the first six months. Or we need awareness to be 50% in the new business opportunity market in the next three months or whatever it happens to be. Because, you know, the difference between just building that checklist and, and saying, yeah, we're going we're gonna to change the website, we're going to have a, a piece of collateral, we're going to do tweets, we're going to have an analyst conference. And doing that based on knowing what your launch goals are. All of a sudden, I mean, how would you change? You know, Rebecca, you're our head of marketing. I'll bet you would change the way you went to market if you were trying to get to a market that didn't know us versus taking something to our existing market that already knew everything about us. Oh, absolutely. And I love the concept that you're talking about, Diane, of, you know, it's, you know, you feel like you've made a big step forward when your launch goals are related to revenue. <laughs> but that's just right. like, that. I mean, that's kind of like, to your point, it's a given, it's, it's table stakes. But, but bringing those down into sort of measurable, quantifiable, leading indicator goals that mm -hmm. let you know that you're on the right track um, before you hit or don't hit your revenue goal. I mean, you can hit your revenue goal because one big customer bought way more than expected and still kind of have an unsuccessful launch because that is the only customer then who ever buys it, right? So if I break those down into the different very measurable um, leading indicators based on who I'm targeting and what they care about, then I've got lots of information along the way about how we're doing. And it's much more predictable. Well, and I think that's the other big point, uh, Rebecca, that, that you just made, which is you, you sure don't want to wait until year-end revenue or even just be looking at the revenue that's coming in on a month-by-month -month basis because it doesn't tell you how to change anything. Mm -mm. So if you're not looking at that awareness goal and you're not looking at that trial goal and you're not looking at the reference goal, you're not looking at the things that are going to eventually make that revenue goal happen. And, and I think that's the piece that you, those things you can fix. And if, if it's true that the assumption is that those things are going to drive revenue, well, that's the momentum that you need to fix. And then the revenue will come. So you absolutely have to pay attention to those leading indicators. And you know, the, there's another piece to this though. Um, and, and I should say it's, it's, in the same example, it's just a different a different aspect of the launch, and that's let's be realistic about how our market is going to buy. Um, and and this was something that I, I was completely guilty of in this particular launch. And and I you know at the time I, I let my enthusiasm run ahead of me, and I said, yeah, sure, we can get this great aggressive revenue goal this year, and you know by year three the revenue is going to look like this because everybody wants this product, and. Sales thinks it's a great idea. Well, those were great things and they were true. It wasn't that they weren't true. It's just there are systematic and documentable phases of a buying process that we go out and we should be documenting in our buyers anyway. We should understand this about our market. How do they buy? You know, what are the influences in the market that are going to make them buy? How long is it going to take them to buy? And we also have to realize that our sales teams, and this was this was something I didn't learn for a long time, and that was, you know, sales teams can know that a product is great, but if they've got too much on their plate, they're still not going to sell it. And and, and they don't need you to buy them an iPad. All, all the iPads <laughs> and, and the spiffs in the world, like I got four iPads at home. I don't need your iPad. This is just too hard to sell. What, what happened with our example, the, the things that happened there were, 
first of all, we, we were going to launch this at the trade show in October and we, we met the deadline to do that. But the budgets for the next year were already being set in stone at that point. And this was a fairly expensive product. I mean, the, the, the buy-in on this was, was high. We launched it in October and what we started to run into, certainly in Q4, but even in Q1 and Q2, was that, hey, our, you know, we didn't put this in the budget. We'll put it in the budget for next year. Well, we should have known that. <laughs> that was a pretty, pretty bad miss. Um, the other thing that we missed was that we had really well documented the costs and, and, you know, to the best that you can do that ahead of time. And boy, you could certainly shameless plug for our price class. You can do <laughs> a lot of that ahead of time uh, if you take our price class. But you know, we knew that the price was was commensurate to the value. That the, the price itself wasn't a sticking point. We even knew what the implementation costs were for the the users that we had talked to. We had totally missed the fact that there were other implementation costs that were significant in departments that didn't have the problem. So they were going to be asked to spend a bunch of money on something they didn't really care about. It was going to take a lot of time and resources and commitment inside customers that wanted the product, that had their own budget for implementation, to get everybody else on board. That's an interesting point, too. It's all the resources, internal and external, that are really required to make the launch successful. Really identifying all those players is an important part too. It's easy to think, you know, it, it all lives in marketing or, or it all lives, you know, in the development team prior to, to coming to marketing or, or that the client, you know, it's easy peasy and it won't affect customer support or they won't have buy-in in there. But really understanding all the players is an important part to developing a launch plan that will be effective. It really is. I mean, it, it, and this was something that I think of it almost as, as inside out 201 because documenting the buyers and the buying process is, is certainly baseline for a, a market, a marketing organization. You know, that's the value we bring to our sales team. It's the value we bring to our organization is to understand the buyers and the buying process. And, and I think that organizations start to do that, but then they forget how much detail they need to include in that momentum piece, that launch piece, both externally and internally. You know, we we haven't talked about this um, in, a, in a podcast, and maybe we should at some point about asking the wrong questions. Mm. But, you know, we, we, ask the, the, we ask sales the wrong questions. And the, and the wrong question is, do you think customers want this? And they say, yes. And we think, wonderful. That means they're going to sell it. No, it doesn't. <laughs> It means that, yes, if, if somebody sells this to them, they'll probably, the customer will probably buy it. But meanwhile, this is a different customer that I'm used to talking to. Uh, the product's at a way different price point than I'm, than I'm used to selling at, whether it's higher or lower. And this is just a whole different piece of technology. I'm not even sure I understand it very well. So I know I can make my quota over here on these things. I'm sure somebody's going to sell that cool thing. It's just not going to be me. And Gosh, and I want it is very different than I buy it. Uh, yes. And yet it's generally what we're thinking about. Oh, our customers really want that. Well, that's great. <laughs> Are they going to buy that? Wanting something and even being even being excited enough to understand that, you know, we've, we have matched this to one of their most urgent problems. We've solved that problem. They want it. There's still the reality of getting buy-in from mm -hmm. maybe dozens of people in the organization who don't have the problem who don't have the budget, who don't have the bandwidth, and just understanding that we've got to build that momentum beforehand and, and understanding that and then setting those goals are, are critical to to launch. And, and so when you start to pull all that together, if, if all those things are happening ahead of time, if you identify the goals, if, if you go out and you 
you understand the market, the buyer and the buying process, and you apply that information to the product you want to send into the market. Assuming that that product is good, you know, if you set your goals with a metric and amount and a time frame, you get the whole group aligned, everybody has a sense of urgency, it's actually pretty easy to understand when launch is over because the best way to conclude a successful launch is to conduct a successful launch. So in that case, the launch is over when I met my goals? What if I don't meet them? Well, that's the thing. I mean, it, and, and just a, another note on the goals, you set the goals for launch. They're not just the revenue goals. You have to make sure that somebody owns those goals. You know, make, make sure everybody's, everybody's clear on who owns the delivery of that goal. If, if we set a revenue goal that sales doesn't own, how likely is that sales goal ever to be met? Um, how likely is a trial goal ever to be met if, if customer service isn't on board and, and sales? So make sure somebody owns those goals and their delivery and the right people own them, the people who can make them happen. And, and, and you might also need multiple goals for the launch strategy. So, so maybe they're serial, maybe they're sequential, but, but make sure you've got all the goals you're going to need. It wasn't just references. We needed trials. And before we could get trials, we needed awareness. And setting a goal for each of those makes sense because you've got to get to each one before you can get to the next. Awesome. So yeah, so, so to your point, launch is over when both the internal and market goals of the launch were met or not. <laughs> so, um, you know, the, first of all, you've set these, these, these sub goals. So if you're meeting those goals, you can begin the transition to the business as usual processes. The way you start knowing that within the launch is that both the market and your own departments in your organization start taking the product out of your hands. We're no longer pushing the awareness. The awareness is being pulled from us. There are visits to those places on our sites. There are questions and calls. There are chats on our helpline. Uh, the sales team says, I don't need the sales engineers anymore. I can do this myself. Um, they start to take it out of your hands. But either way, when your goals are met for launch, what should be happening is that transition to business as usual should be happening on its own. In other words, that momentum is occurring. The people who are in the business as usual departments are taking it out of your hands. That's how you'll know. Now, what if they're not met? Uh, well, then then you've got to take a look, and that's another really good reason to have these these um, these leading indicator goals. So you don't get to the like a year on and find out you're not meeting goals. If things aren't going well, you'll know where they're not going well because you've got the sub goals. Are we are are we getting a lot of awareness and getting a lot of trials, but not getting a lot of references? That might mean what we've got some additional functionality to add to the product. Are we getting a lot of trials and not a lot of buys? Maybe we have a pricing or a bundling issue. You know, if you if you set these specific goals, it's easier to see where things are falling down and to fix them. As you go forward in each of these, though, if, if you're finding that you're not meeting any of the goals and, and you don't have the right product, either either at that point, it's, it's a go or no go decision. You know, maybe you need to relaunch. Maybe you need to go a different direction. Maybe we misread the market or we, we solved the problem in a, in a way that the market isn't ready for. But either way, you've got these, these definite stage gates for go and no-go, as well as redirect. So, so go, no-go, or redirect. But you've put that in place. And just like, our, just like our rockets, just like whatever we think of when we think of the space program, you've got phases. You've got, you've got metrics at every phase. And I think that makes a huge difference. All right, Diane. We talked a lot about a lot of different things about lunch today. Uh, yes. If you were, <laughs> were going to pick two things that you wanted our listeners to do differently tomorrow based on what we talked about today, 
what would it be? You know, I would I would use the Sun Tzu quote from The Art of War to answer that question because it's it's got the two pieces. My my favorite quote it's a, it's a quote in our launch classes. Um, strategy without tactics is the slowest route to victory, but tactics without strategy is the noise before defeat. Mm. So don't just set tactics without tying it to strategic goals. And when you set those strategic goals, make sure you have the tactical metrics in place to know whether you're succeeding or you've got a course correct or it's time to bail. Good point. Thank you for joining us today, Diane. It was a pleasure as always to have you on. Oh, me too, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me. All right. That does it for today's episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And don't forget to join us next week when we tackle another great topic designed to help you elevate your product, your company, and your career. 